Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast. You notice some weird things going on in the world? <laughs> yeah, just a few. And, and I really appreciated that you reminded us to take a media fast now and then. Because the media would like to convince us that what they're talking about is real and it's the only thing that's going on. And well, we know better, don't we? Yeah. You've been working with a concept that Michael Bernard Beckwith has been encouraging us to explore, that idea of spiritual liberation. And it's a wonderful concept, and we work with it, and we, and we shift, and we change, and as I was saying last time, the only imprisoning thing really is our thoughts, our fears, those beliefs that keep us imprisoned, yes? Have you thought about the possibility that not just each and every one of us individually, but that all of humanity is ready for liberation. Ready now to be freed of that way of thinking and those ideas and those imposed upon shoulds, oughts, gotas, have to, musts, the five toxic words. <laughs> Each and every one of us as we have already heard today in some ways and we hear regularly, is a part of and a fractal representative of and a piece of the hologram of all of us. Ralph Waldo Emerson says there is one mind common to all humanity and every one of us is an inlet and outlet of that mind. And he says all history is biography and all biography is history. It's his history essay. You might enjoy going back and checking it. If we think about what's going on in the world today as showing us what's going on inside us today, individually, it's a very powerful, powerful tool. And if we think about what's going on inside each of us individually as what is going on out there, it becomes even more powerful because we can choose what's going on in here. We can choose to not be constrained by the shoulds, oughts, must, goddess, haftas that we were handed as kids. We can choose to not be constrained by the decisions we made as two, three, five, fifteen, twenty-three year olds based on the experiences that we were ex having at those times. We can choose to identify with the it is I within. Oh, I love that song. That is marvelous. Mm. <laughs> we can choose to identify as that instead of as the victim or the abused or the criticized or the whatever it is that we have been told or taught or believed or accepted that we were. <sighs> and then there is this wonderful concept that biologists came into understanding way back about 100 years ago, actually, 
And it had to do with how it is that the cells of the body become the shape of a human being or any other critter, right? Have you ever wondered why it is that that cell there goes straight and the next cell over curves? How can that be? It's the same cell. I mean, if you pulled it off my finger, you couldn't tell the difference. How can that be? Well, the, the idea was that there was some kind of field, some kind of an electromagnetic something that the cell conformed to, and that pre-existing form, that morphogenic field, was what the cells of the body were aligning themselves to, to become the human form. And that each species, each kind of DNA, had associated with it that morphogenic field. Well, that's very cool for the individual body. <laughs> and we now have some photographic evidence of um, critters that have had parts of their body missing, and we can see the field where that was. And one guy recently did a photograph, and he has the field of the adult salamander around the embryo of the salamander. It's very wonderful. All right, so we're starting to see this field that is around the body. But it turns out that it may be more than around the body. There's a, a researcher in England at Cambridge, a man named Rupert Sheldrake, who proposed about 30 years ago that there might be a field that connects all similar resonant objects. Okay, So if my DNA is like yours, or my emotional state is like yours, or if I'm a kind of flower over here, and I mutate over here in Africa, a similar flower in Siberia will mutate in a similar way. So he's suggesting that these morphogenic, or sometimes called morphogenetic fields, apply to all things that resonate with each other, that have a similar personal morphogenic field, and that as each shift happens at the individual level, it affects all resonant entities, all entities sharing a similar field. So when each and every one of us individually begins to make that shift to become liberated from the prison of our thoughts, <sighs> then everyone on the planet who resonates with us is also more likely to, more readily, more easily making that shift. And we may never meet them. We may have no idea who they are. <laughs> and because we did the work, now they can now, the first time, you know, when he wrote the book, he offered a lot of evidence for the possibility, and then he invited people to provide experiments. And there have been all kinds of experiments over the last 30 years demonstrating this idea. And his, his example was when someone's working on a PhD in chemistry, they have to synthesize a chemical that's never been synthesized anywhere else. And so they keep it secret, you know, and they work on it, and they work on it. And it'll take as much as seven years sometimes to get a doctorate completed. And they finally get it done and they're, they're ready you know it happens within 48 hours three or four others all around the planet will have accomplished the same thing 
right, or something very similar. That's the example he portrays in the book. And you can imagine that there are all kinds of things like that. You know, you hear about something happening over here and something very similar is happening elsewhere. In my experience, it worked out a little differently. I started doing the kind of meditation, although I never quite had the taste in that, that the humor that you introduced. <laughs> But I started doing that in 75, offering those kinds of meditations. It was part of my work, believe it or not, as a futurist. And so we would go into these guided meditations, and, and I was trained very carefully to um, give people a long induction because people's minds chatter. You know, no one here has had that problem. <laughs> And so I was trained to help people to get out of that chatter. And what about this? And did you do that? Right? And so I was given this training to help people get out of that chatter. And I was told five to seven minutes was what it would take. Did you notice that it didn't take anything like that today? <laughs> right? Along about the 90s, I had stopped doing that kind of thing for a period of time. And then I, I came into the ministry in the early 90s. And suddenly, everyone was doing guided meditation in church settings. And I was going, oh, this is interesting. And I was watching three deep breaths. And people were at that level. And I meant, isn't this interesting? It's been about 20 years. And look how much more easily humanity goes to that level. Wow, the morphogenetic field is working, <laughs> right? Those of us who were struggling in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s ah, created a field in which the rest of us could just fly. <laughs> Isn't that marvelous? And so every time we enter into that state, we're making it so everyone in the world can enter into that state more readily, more easily. Which I think is wonderful because, as Jim pointed out, it's in that state that we're most likely to be able to identify with the I within, with the I am, and begin to bring forth into our experience that which we have intended. So, a lot of weird things are happening in the world right now. And they're happening in two directions at once. The one direction is what the media focuses on, and who wants to look at that? And the other direction is what I've been focusing on for the last several years as I've returned and reintegrated my futurist practice into my work. I had done futuring, and then I did ministry, and then I sort of retired from the ministry, and <laughs> reintegrated the futurist work into it. And what I have found is that all over the world, groups like this are coming together and waking up together. Everywhere. And as they come into this new way of thinking, feeling, being, as they leave behind the old ideas of who they thought they were, they're beginning to act in ways that we have never seen the like of as human beings. And it is very exciting. 
and it's while I'm doing the kind of thing I'm doing this afternoon because it's so exciting. <laughs> Humanity is waking up. Humanity is leaving behind the past 6,000 plus or minus years of control culture. I've been calling it empire culture. I think we're going to shift it to control culture. <laughs> but it is the idea that in order to have what we need, someone in charge has to control us and make it happen, and we don't have individual capacity. I think we're over it. I know this room is over that. <laughs> right? And worldwide, people are realizing that that's over. And some people are hanging on really hard, and they're fighting for that because it's the only thing they know. And we love them because we know better. It's okay. It's okay, little one. It's okay. You don't have to be in control to be safe. It's okay. Yeah. And we don't have to be in control to be safe either. <laughs> Even though that's one of the things that many of us were taught. Because the I within knows and is guiding and is supporting and sustaining us. And as we allow that, it's a practice to allow that. Because we got a lot of long habits the other direction. <laughs> and so every time the old habit comes up, you go, it's OK. It's OK. We'll be fine. <sighs> and then we allow. And in the allowing, in the focusing on the power and the presence and the love and sustaining support that is there always, <sighs> we are liberated. Liberated from the past. Liberated from those ideas. Liberated from a culture that is ending. 6,000 year plus or minus cycle is over. We are on the other side. Something incredible is emerging. Something that is so far beyond our capacity to imagine that it literally blows the mind. <laughs> All the indications are that having spent 6,000 years focused on a material culture and technology, having to have stuff to be okay, we're about to enter into a period of 26,000 or more years of a spiritual life, a life based on being in touch with that power within us, a life where experiments are done from the inside out rather than the outside in. Right? A life where through those experiments, community and harmony and light and love and joy become our norm rather than that occasional inspiring moment. A life where humanity knows itself to be one mind, 
liberated. Thank you.